Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Thank you for being with us today. We are wrapping up a three-part sermon series about the stars in the heavens and what they are. So if you haven't seen the first two sermons, check them out. There'll be a card here. Otherwise, you can navigate to our YouTube channel and find the playlist. Uh, the first week, we talked about the practicing of astrology and how it is not good. It is a sin to practice worshiping or interpreting the stars and the sun and the moon and the sky as a means of predicting or finding out things here on earth. You're giving them a, a false power and you are practicing divination, which means making them divine. And that's wrong. It's a form of idolatry because God is divine. You should be worshiping God, not the heavens. And it's also a gateway into uh, seeking omens and horoscopes and different interpretations of the signs and the times. And then that could also lead to uh, sorcery, spells, wizardry, witchcraft, seeking mediums or spirits, consulting the dead, different things like that. And that's all stuff that you need to avoid no matter what. You must avoid it. Uh, last week we spoke about the wise men or the magi at Jesus' birth and how they took a leap of faith and a big journey and the star that God had there for, for two years for them to follow and see and they, they took off and went for it and uh, God led them to Jesus. Now, if we're not supposed to practice uh, reading and interpreting the stars as a means of astrology, but yet that's what the wise men did, and God provided the star for them to follow. Why would God do that? Why would God provide that if, if that's not what we're supposed to do? Why would God give that as a means for them to, to be there if practicing divination is sinful? Well, the answer to that is that God uses any means. What do I mean by that? Is that God will use any means necessary to lead people to Christ. Now, does that mean he's going to use sinful things to lead people to Christ? Absolutely. Someone could be led to Christ out of sin. Someone could be tired of sinning themselves and say, I got to get this right. Someone could have a sin happen to them and they could seek God as a result of that. God will use sin. Why? Why would he use that? Well, God uses everything for the good of those who love him. Think of what happened to Joseph. His brothers sold him into slavery out of jealousy, a couple sins. Poor Joseph had to go through all kinds of stuff and eventually ended up saving many, many lives as a result of that path. God used that. God used the star and the magi, they're worshiping the heavens. He appealed to them, to their beliefs, and brought them to Christ because he knew they would follow it. People are sinners. We all sin. Therefore, as sinners, we can really understand and relate to our sinful nature. Therefore, God is going to speak to us in those terms. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. Jesus said that when he was getting grief for hanging around with tax collectors and sinners. He said, these are the people who need me. The healthy don't need a doctor, the sick do. So I'm going to talk to these people. Jesus knew that it was very important to speak to people in their own terms. 
He didn't go up to the fishermen and say, hey, I'll make you guys counters of money and you'll add up the sums of men to get to heaven or something like that. No, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. He related to them in their own language, in the words and vocabulary that they would understand. Same with the Magi. God knew that they would follow this star because that's what they studied. God uses any means necessary to bring people to Christ. Why do you think that recovered addicts, whether it's alcohol or drugs or something of that nature, and converted convicts like ex-cons do so well in helping other addicts and other convicts? It's because they have been through what their audience is going through. They can relate to them. They're able to speak to them in terms and a language that they can understand. They speak to them from a point of experience. And that breeds trust. If I come to you and you're a drug addict and I start talking to you about uh, the bondage of addiction and all of this stuff, and you look at me and say, have you ever done drugs? Have you ever been an addict? Have you ever been committed? Have you ever whatever? And I say no to all of that you're going to be like, well, how can you understand what I'm going through? Or if I say yes to all of that, then you'll say, okay, then you do. You understand. It's a point of trust. And so God will use those means of relating to people because he knows that it's an instant bond. It's instant trust. For example, if you served in a war, and you see someone else, maybe they've got a cap on or a shirt. It's like, oh wow, instantly you guys have a bond because you were both over there at the same period of time. You both know what happened, what went on. You can relate to them a little better. You can converse with them a little better. You're able to speak to them from a point of your own experience and they get that because they also had a similar experience. You can relate to each other. Therefore, you've gained that authority and that trust. You see, God wants to lead people to Christ. That's his goal. He wants to save. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Well, anyone who doesn't follow Jesus is a lost soul. He's here seeking, trying to save everything that was lost. How does he do it? God uses sinners to do it. After all, all humans are sinners, so if God really doesn't have a choice, he can't use anyone else. He used Jesus, he sent Jesus here, but then after Jesus left, who else is he going to use? He has to use sinners. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. All of these verses will be referenced in the description below, so I encourage you, read your Bible, check them out. Start drawing some lines. Put a timeline together with all three of these sermon series and, and really dive in and study this. God's going to use sinners to bring people to Christ. That means he can take someone's sin and turn it around and help them realize what was going on and then use that to bring them to Christ so that they stop sinning, so that they become changed. Do you think the wise men went home after worshiping Jesus and started reading the stars looking for another king? I, I doubt it. I bet you they went home and were like, wow, this is amazing. He is our Savior. He is the Messiah. God brought them to Jesus. Once you bring someone to Jesus, 
You don't just let them fall by the wayside and convert to their old ways. If God uses sin to make someone realize the importance of Jesus, he's going to do it. If he has to use a sin, he will. God uses all things for good. We've had this verse before. He uses all things for the good of those who who love him. That's in Romans 8.28. So if you have your Bible, please turn with me. Romans 8.28. Turn in there myself. Give me a minute. So I'll give you some time to go there because you should be using your Bible. Now if you're driving or something, obviously, you know, don't do that. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that in some things God works for the good of those who love him, or in certain things, or in good things he works for the good. It says no. It says in all things God works for the good of those who love him. In all things. Sinful Not sinful. God uses everything for the good of those who love him. And who do what? Who work and are called according to his purpose. Not our purpose. The Magi were called. God used their false perceptions, their worship of idols, of divining the heavens. God used that. He said, I'll show them. I'll put a star up there in the sky they'll believe that that's some kind of a divine sign and they're going to follow it. And when they get there, they'll be in for an amazing awakening because they're going to realize that they were wrong and that this is the Messiah that was prophesied about. That this is who they should worship, not the heavens, but that this is really God, the creator of the heavens. God led them to Jesus by any and all means necessary. God used astrology, a sin, to get the Magi to Christ after Jesus was born. He didn't do it before. He wanted to make sure they were led where? To Jesus. In the same way, you are to be like God and lead others where? To Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that you should all of a sudden throw in your lot with a bank robber and then Afterward, you're the getaway driver and you drive him to church and then you guys all go to jail and you're leading him to Jesus somehow. Now, it doesn't mean you need to start going and starting to sin. That's also a bad thing. If you start enabling other people to sin or you start leading others astray, Jesus said it's better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown in the depths of the sea. So you definitely don't want to be willingly leading others astray. But you can use their sin and relate to them to bring them to Christ. If you know someone is a a drug addict, or you know someone is a thief, or you know someone is whatever, or they struggle with some type of a sin, you can speak to them in terms that they will understand and get them to go where? To Jesus. God knew that that star was something that the wise men understood. How did he know that? Well, there was a prophecy in Numbers 24:17 by a man named Balaam 
If you don't know who that is, I really encourage you to read Numbers chapter 22 to 24 because it's pretty incredible. Balaam's prophecy, 24:17, he says, I see him. Who's he talking about? Balaam's saying, I see Jesus. But not now. I don't see him now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all the sons of Sheth. <clears throat> He's saying in the future, I see this, this guy, this Jesus, this king. And it's not here. It's far away. And it's going to rise from Jacob, from Israel. So the Magi knew this prophecy. They knew other prophecies. There are many, many prophecies about Jesus throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament. The Magi would have been familiar with most of them, maybe all of them. So God knew they would follow that star. How did he know that as well? Because they knew the prophecies, but also because they were actively practicing the art of divining the heavens, astrology. Or divination. Now, obviously, not all of the Magi were convinced, but some were. We don't know how many. Could have been three. There were three gifts, but they could have brought, each could have brought multiple. Maybe three people brought ten pieces of gold each, and maybe one person brought myrrh, and ten brought incense or frankincense. We don't know exactly how many. But the point is that out of all the Magi in Babylon that were looking at the signs and debating about what this star was and what it meant, it was up there for two years, and some of them finally said, hey, enough is enough, we're going, and we're bringing gifts, and we're going to journey all the way there. And the star led them all the way there. They made this journey for months. Two years about that star was up there. Not all of the Magi were convinced to take that step in faith and go, but some were, and some is better than none. Keep that in mind. Get out there. Share Jesus. Try to lead others to Jesus. Sow seed. Share with them. And if you share it with a hundred people and only one is convinced, rejoice. Don't be discouraged. Some is better than none. You have to seek and you will find. The wise men sought. They knew. They're like, we know this star means something. We need to go there. We need to seek what is out there. And for months they journeyed. It wasn't like a day trip over there, instant gratification. No. And their journey, we don't know about their journey. We, we have no idea of what happened on that journey. Did they encounter bandits? Did one of them get sick? Did anybody die on that journey? Did they get bitten by snakes or scorpions or spiders going through the desert? Were they dehydrated and thirsty? Did they uh, run out of food? Did, did any of their camels die and they have to walk? What happened? Did they have, were they forced to eat one of their camels? We don't know. But it might not have been an easy journey. And that's another thing. This journey was many months. And we know that based on the climate, it had some desert and treacherous terrain, so it couldn't have been easy. But they did it in faith. 
They were patient. They were actively seeking Jesus. And the journey wasn't easy. Keep that in mind on your journey, on your walk to be closer to Jesus. That's what they were doing. They were going from Babylon to Bethlehem. They were walking closer to Jesus. They were on their way seeking Jesus. So in your daily walk to be closer to God, to be closer to Jesus, remember that it's not always going to be easy. There could be some hard times. There could be some rough patches. You're not always going to get everything right away. The wise men had to wait months until they got to Jesus and found what they were looking for. The point is you got to seek and you will find. How do we know this? Psalm 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. You have to seek and you will find. Matthew 7 7 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, for everyone who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. The Magi were seeking. They even went to Herod in their search and they said, Where is this king? Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Matthew 2, verse 2. They were seeking Jesus so much that they made stops along the way and asked if anyone knew where he was. Even though this star was guiding them the whole way, they still wanted more confirmation. That's like us. Even though we know what we're doing or we, we know God's telling us to do something or we're supposed to go to church or we're supposed to uh, teach others about Christ, we still want more confirmation. God might be saying, hey, share, uh, share the Christ with someone. Share Jesus with this person. Share a video. Share a post. Share a Bible verse. Go talk to that guy in the coffee shop. Whatever. And you might be like, I don't know, God. Give me a little more confirmation. Wait a minute. We know what we're supposed to do. The wise men knew they were supposed to follow the star, yet they still stopped and asked for confirmation. This is a whole other sermon in and of itself. Trust. Have faith. Because what happened? The Magi stopped and asked for confirmation, and then what happened? Herod ended up killing all the boys under two years of age in the region. That's a bad tragedy. If they wouldn't have stopped and asked for confirmation, if they would have had faith and continued to do what they were supposed to do, hundreds, maybe thousands of lives would have been spared. But again, that's a separate sermon. That's a separate issue. The point is, for you, have faith. Know your goal. What's your goal? Share Jesus. Especially this time of year. We celebrate Christmas as the birth of Christ. Get out there. When, when you're saying Merry Christmas to people or when people are saying Christmas to you, what should you respond with? Yes, Merry Christmas, but maybe something like, Thank God Jesus was born. Or, 
praise be to Jesus, or something that tells them that Christmas is more to you than a holiday of spending. Jesus is the reason for the season. Share him. And remember, God will use any means. So even though people might be saying Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or these different seasons greetings or Happy Holidays or political correctness, God could still be using those means to bring people to Christ. They could say Happy Holidays to you and you could say Jesus is the reason for the season back to them. And if they get offended, they get offended. If they don't, hey, maybe they'll ask you, what do you mean by that? Boom! You had faith, you kept going to the star, you didn't ask for confirmation, lives were spared. Have faith. Remember, God uses any means, and the bottom line is that he was bringing people to Jesus. That's what you should do. You should always be trying to bring people to Jesus. It's throughout the Bible. God did it at Jesus' birth. Jesus was doing it even after he died. That's how important this is. So whatever you do, make an effort to bring people to Jesus. We've talked about it before in other sermons. That is our ultimate calling. It is the Great Commission. It is what we are here to do, to grow the kingdom of God. So get out there and do it. Lord Jesus, thank you for this great time of year, for all of the uh, family gatherings and the fun and the festivities. I ask that everyone uh, out there who's watching or listening, that they would have a, a great Christmas season and a great time of year together, and that they uh, would have a happy new year and that everything going on, that they would have safe travels to and from, and that they would really think about this. That as this uh, message is really all about bringing the wise men to Jesus, and that you will use us. Even though we are sinners, you use us, and you'll use sin to bring us. You will use any means. Lord, I ask that you would inspire those watching and listening to be more like you. That on their walk to Jesus, that they would understand that it might be hard and treacherous, but that they would continue seeking Jesus. And that they would remember that there is a calling and a purpose. And that they would keep that faith so that they don't always have to seek confirmation on the way. That they would walk in faith all the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for being here. I hope you had or will have, depending on when you're celebrating Christmas, that you either had a Merry Christmas or you will have a very Merry Christmas. Come back next week and we will be kicking off the new year with a great sermon on how you can really start to live for Christ in the coming new year. So I really hope that you join us for that. God bless.